What's up, 99 fam? Uh, this is Ying, and uh, apparently I'm, I'm not... I'm not the favorite church member. Um, I mean, as not favorite pastor of 99, Mickey Cho. Uh, disdainfully mentioned last week. Uh, but anyhow, I'm, I'm so honored to be bringing you uh, the word today. Um, and, and can you believe it's been a full year since we've all gathered together in this place? Um, I remember that it was March 8th, 2020, and Pastor Mickey was giving one of his best sermons ever, um, Life After Life After after Death from the Seven Last Words series. If you guys remember that, if you guys don't, you guys got to review that. Okay. Um, and, you know, right after that week, uh, we had that shelter-in-place uh, order, and thus began the great virtual church-at-home-online era of redemptive history. And that's where we are today. Um, and I just want to say that um, I miss you guys so much, and I can't wait until we get to gather here and worship all in one place together again. Um, but as we all know, the church is not a gathering place, nor is it a production. It is a people, right? It is a covenant people belonging to God and belonging to one another. And so church, wherever you are and whatever you're going through today, I pray that this word finds you well, that it brings you life, leads you to a place of rest, and ultimately turns the gaze of your souls to the one who satisfies. And let me pray for us. And Father, I pray to the God who satisfies every thirst and every longing of our souls with drink from the spring of the water of life. And God, wherever your people are tuning in from, I pray that you would open up the heavens above them and that you would saturate the space that they're in with your presence as you pour over them like a river. And I pray over any spiritual desert that you would transform any barren place into a lush garden, um, fruitful with abundance, And I pray over the lonely that you would meet them like you did the Samaritan woman at the well, face to face with the one we long for. I pray for those who walk through the valley of weeping, that you would open open up within them a spring so that they may go from strength to strength with hearts set upon you. And God, in this moment, um, would you speak to us? like deep calling out to deep, a word that ripples with life over every dead place within us until we ourselves are like a fountain pouring forth life and love to the dead places around us. From the wells of our hearts where love runs freely and wildly, we say, Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray all these things. Amen. All my fountains are in you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, uh, so as Mickey uh, mentioned earlier, we are going through a new series um, leading up to Easter of on the symbols of Jesus. And today we will be going through the exciting um, and heavily argued over topic of baptism. Woo! 
Oh, and there's a graphic, not behind me though. Um, and to be quite transparent, uh, before I did any research uh, for for um, before I did any research for this sermon, I I I've always had a pretty apathetic view of baptism, um, which is kind of strange because I, I grew up in a Baptist church. Um, but as aforementioned, uh, baptism is one of the more argued over liturgical sacraments uh, between different denominations, scholars, and theologians. And some of the commonly asked questions that we hear revolving uh, around baptism, baptism is, you know, what is it? Um, is it necessary for salvation? Uh, is full immersion the only legitimate way to do it? Or does sprinkling water count? Um, should infants be baptized? And do you receive the Holy Spirit uh, during your baptism? Or does that happen at a different time? Yeah, and those are some of the questions um, that I'll, I'll kind of loosely answer in the sermon. Um, and by loosely, I mean from really just practical experience and my own beliefs rather than like running through scripture and picking out all the Bible verses on the topic. Uh, so that's just a disclaimer. Um, and I just want to focus this message on what baptism represents about Jesus and what it means for us as his people. Uh, so let's begin. All right, uh, so what is baptism? Um, as brilliant rapper, skateboarder, theologian, and not favorite pastor of 99 Church, Mickey Cho puts it, baptism is an outward sign of an inward reality. It is a physical represent- representation of an inward faith. And what this means biblic- biblically is that Whenever God makes a covenant, or whenever a covenant is made, um, there is a physical sign for it. Uh, For example, circumcision, which is widely regarded as the Old Testament counterpart to baptism, um, in Genesis 12. So in Genesis 12, God calls Abraham, um, tells him to, you know, leave his homeland and go to the land of Canaan. In chapter 15, uh, God makes a covenant with him. Uh, remember the cutting up of animals and the s- smoking, the blazing torch and the smoking fire pot uh, that Mickey preached on a couple weeks back. Um, yeah, so God makes a covenant. Right? And in chapter 17, God gives Abraham the sign of that covenant. Um, which is circumcision. So everybody uh, who belonged to the covenant by virtue of being a descendant of Abraham, uh, namely the Israelites, they were circumcised on the eighth day after their birth. Um, And that is the sign of, one, that they were cut off from the rest of the world and uniquely belonging to God. And two, that sin was to be cut off from their hearts. But the sign of circumcision doesn't hold up uh, because, as we know uh, from the last sermon series, Israel cannot keep up their end of the covenant. 
so the sign doesn't hold up because the covenant cannot be kept. Right? Instead of being cut off from the world, Israel wanted to be like the world. Um, they wanted to follow kings um, and rather than following God. Instead of cutting sin from their hearts, they allowed sin to prevail. And so Israel goes through this vicious cycle of being established as God's covenant people and then sinning and breaking the covenant, then returning to God and falling away again. Um, And that happens over and over until God establishes a new covenant with a different stipulation, um, which is faith in Jesus. And so baptism becomes the sign, the sign of the new covenant. And note that it is just a sign. That means it is not the waters of baptism by which people are saved, but the inward reality of faith in Jesus that brings salvation. Baptism is an outward sign that shows the inward reality of a covenant relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Uh, So what does baptism represent? Uh, We've simply defined it, but there's more to it. Um, What does it represent? Why the water? Why the immersion? And I'll read from Romans 6, uh, verse 3 to 5. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be unified with him in a resurrection like his. So the first thing that baptism represents is union with Christ. It signifies following Christ into his death and resurrection. That's what Christian means, Christ follower. And the Greek word for baptize, I don't know how to pronounce it in Greek, but it literally, literally means dipping or to immerse. The imagery is this. When you are immersed, when you go under the water, you are inwardly buried with Christ into death, the water being your grave. And when you emerge, when you come out of the water, you inwardly rise up from that grave into the newness of life. This signifies that the old self, the sinful self, is dead. And the life you now live, you live to Christ. You are now united with him in death and in life by covenant through faith. And doesn't this change our paradigm of life and death? In the natural human sequencing, life precedes death. Things are born, they live, and then they die. But in baptism and in Christ, things often need to die before they come to life. Our own desires, our own expectations, left for dead so that God may bring about his will in our life. 
And that's a testimony for so many of us this season of Lent. Right? Someone in my community, community group shared this week that she feels like she's been doing so much dying to herself. But that's giving room for God to bring other things to life. And it's painful and probably confusing, but it's well worth it. And I pray that this is a story that so many of, more of us can tell. Uh, especially um, in the middle of, of a pandemic. Uh, especially for those who feel death so close to home. And um, Lord, I pray for the ones in our community who feel death so close to home. Whether it is a, a death or a near death of a loved one a death of a dream or a desire or a career that leaves us with a broken heart. I appeal to the God whose name is known among the living, the one who breaks open tombs, that he would send life, love, and shalom to where there is death, fear, and pain. We trust you when we are powerless, you who holds authority over life and death, that you are always in control and that you are always good. And that you were always loving. And keep those who mourn close to your heart. So close until they inevitably become a spring. Jesus of the living water, I pray this. Amen. Yeah. And so baptism, especially full immersion, is the best, is the best dramatization of our union to Christ in his death and resurrection. And I believe, given the chance that a believer should be baptized in this method, um, because full immersion is the most symbolic. Um, and with that being said, I, I feel like I should share that one of the most powerful baptisms I've ever witnessed um, in person was not one by full immersion. Um, during the summer of 2013, I was in Kansas City, uh, doing evangelism training um, with a program with YWAM. And uh, I remember there was this girl who came to Christ and desired to be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. Like She wanted to be baptized, and she wanted the Holy Spirit. So we're excited, right? Um, but the problem is that we're in Kansas City uh, during the summer in the middle of a drought, and it's like a desert out there, and there's there was there just wasn't a big enough body of water uh, to dunk her in. Um, but we felt like we needed to act on the immediacy of her conviction and desire to be baptized. So we all agreed that it'd be best to just uh, you know fill up a bucket of water and dump it over her. And uh, let me tell you what ensued was so powerful and beautiful. Um, See, the moment the splash of water touched her, she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she started speaking in tongues and prophesying over us. It was like the heavens opened above her, and the Spirit poured over her like a river, like, like violently, you know? Um, and it was pretty amazing. And all this to say, I don't, I don't think there's one way to do baptism, uh, nor is one way more effective or more powerful than another. Uh, just that one's a little more symbolic. Right? Um, and another side note, uh, I feel like I should 
share that this was one of the only baptisms where I've seen the baptism by water and baptism of the Holy Spirit happen simultaneously. And there are so many instances in the book of Acts where this is the case. You know, people were baptized and they received the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. Um, But uh, my understanding of the Holy Spirit, and this is not to say that the Bible's wrong or anything, but just just in my experience, um, and from what I from what I learned, um, that you receive the Holy Spirit the moment you come to faith in Christ. But then that's not over. It's not like you receive the Holy Spirit once and it's, it's done, right? The exciting thing about the Holy Spirit is that periodically um, during your life, like there will be subsequent feelings of the Holy Spirit that you will experience. Like this can happen during worship or during quiet times, um, during other unpredictable moments. Um, for me, sometimes it happens in my sleep. And some of you might feel, might, might feel it like a warmth that's writhing, rising up from your belly, like a fire inside you. And some of you might feel it like electricity running through your body. And I've talked to some people who've felt it like a wind blowing past them. And personally, I feel, I feel it like it's an oil pour, poured over my head, running down to my toes. And it's these moments that, that we come to know as the baptisms of the Holy Spirit. And um, so hopefully this just gives you some insight uh, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But really, to conclude my first point... Um, Baptism symbolizes union with Christ in death. And resurrection. Okay, hold on. Oh, my goodness. I lost my place. Okay. All right, all right. Okay. So, baptism symbolizes union with Christ in death and resurrection and represents entering a new covenant with God through faith, at which point you receive the Holy Spirit. Nice. We got all three parts of the Trinity there. Which brings me to my next point. I heard a mm from Krista. Yeah, she agrees. Yeah. Um, my next point is baptism is communal. And while I was brainstorming what to talk about in, our, in this sermon, our always loving, always generous, Favorite pastor of 99 Church, Krista Cho, so insightfully pointed out that the baptism of Jesus is one of the few instances in the Bible where we see all three members of the Trinity present. All right, Matthew 3, 16 to 17. Uh, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and come to rest upon him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. You see, community is not just a desire or design of God for his people, but community is in very nature who he is. He's triune. He is actually the perfect expression of community. Which brings me to say that there is 
a great communal importance for baptism. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For in one spirit we were baptized, we were all baptized into one body. Just as baptism represents entering a covenant with God, it also represents entering into a covenant with his people. And I firmly believe that you cannot enter into union with Christ without also entering into union with the body. So I'd push for every follower of Christ to seek to enter a covenant community. And that's why baptism is usually a prerequisite for church membership. And I'm sure when things open up again, um, 99, we'll, we'll have our baptisms. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll be cheering for each other. It'll be hype. Uh, I mean, I remember back in our soda days, um, many of us were at Isaac's baptism. Um, and we were still new. We barely knew each other, but we were cheering wildly for him. Uh, because not only did he enter into a covenant with God, but he made a covenant with us. Right? And JP, who's behind the camera right now. Hi, JP. Uh, I've known him for a while now, and I remember his baptism, where he channeled his inner Mickey Cho and publicly gave his sermon in the form of a spoken word. Really cool. Cool guy, JP. And I'm sure JP was walking with God before that time, but I felt like during his baptism, something new was being revealed. Like, he has arrived. It was like God was introducing him to the world as one of his own. I remember that, man. Um, and, And this reminds me of a verse in Romans 8. And Lisa from our prayer team quotes it very often when she prays. Um, It's Romans 8, verse 19. Uh, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. See, baptism is a revealing, a public declaration of your identity, of who you belong to. And has it ever occurred to you that the body of Christ is not complete without you? And I've I've thought of this so often. You know, sometimes I think I'm like, I'm worthless and I'm good for nothing other than lifting weights. And, well, I'm really good at that and teaching others how to lift weights. But then I remember I'm baptized into a covenant relationship with God and his people. And that I have been uniquely gifted to release shalom in the arena of fitness, just like Vanessa and Joseph. Wow. Um, so 99, I just want to declare this over you. Um, that you, that you, having, entering, having, having entered into a covenant relationship with God and his people through faith in Christ, uh, signified by baptism, that you are also uniquely gifted and equipped to release shalom, the universal flourishing wholeness and delight over the earth. And some may have larger arenas of influence, but the kingdom is not complete without even the least of us. And there are huge ramifications on the release of shalom for the advancement of God's kingdom in knowing who you are and who you belong to. You belong to God through faith in Christ and to his body. You are his dream the vessel he chose for the release of shalom and the restoration of all things. Amen. Yeah, and, and God, I, man, I 
praise to the God in whom we were baptized into. Yeah, by your spirit, we were all baptized into one body. And so, Lord, I, I pray that in this season, Lord, um, that it would be like the revealing of the sons of God, that every son and daughter would know that they belong to you, that they belong to one another. And, um, yeah, just pray um, just over every dead place, God, uh, that you would pour living water over, um, that you would release springs, Lord Father, springs of life, Lord, um, over dry and barren land. So, God, would you continue your work of restoration and healing, Lord Father. Um, yeah, God, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.